Mike. Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. It's wonderful having you all here with me. You heard at the opening of the show the beautiful voice of Mr. Roy Orbison. That's because we're talking Traveling Wilburys today. And as you'll hear uh, shortly, I wasn't too excited about doing a Traveling Wilburys record. Thought maybe a little too uh, pedestrian for this show. But as you'll hear, that's not really the case. And my guest today is L.A. musician David Stern. He goes by the name of his uh, solo project is D.A. Stern. He has a new release out now called Don't Take Your Heartache Out on the World, which is really awesome. And we'll hear a little bit of that and we'll talk to him. And he's here in L.A. So he came here in studio. And here is my conversation with David Stern. Well, I didn't ask you. D.A. Stern is your project, but David, I'm just calling you David. Yeah, right? it's David. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, right. this is a. Uh, I just listened to the to the Jeremy Wilms episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have like a, a similar issue in our in our name. Oh, right, right. Because he did that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Jay Wilms. It's it's yeah. Like so, he's Jeremy and Jay. He has like yes. a, I guess like a Palace Music two separate yep. accounts kind of thing. Mine is that David Stern is just so ungoogleable. So it I, is, yeah. It's so common. Yeah, such a yeah. common name. And then that like was the smart. commissioner of the NBA. So oh, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> so I made it D.A. Stern. And then right before I put out this most recent record, someone else named D.A. Stern married their music to my account. Oh, great. And of it course. was it was like pretty embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to disparage too much, but yeah. All right, so the latest release uh, is Don't Take Your Heart, uh, Your Heartache Out on the World. Spotify, but Bandcamp, people can purchase it on Bandcamp, right? Yeah, they can uh, digitally or vinyl. And Mizra Symphonic, what is that? Because that's what it's out Yeah, so uh, Mizra is a label that uh-huh. put out the actual vinyl, and then Symphonic are a different label who put it out on the digital Oh, end, nice. And yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I, we were talking before, and David, I was saying I, I've been listening to his release, aside from the album that he picked, and it, yeah, it's great. It's like really good. I Thank mean, you. And, and, it's, and it's one of these things where I hear the first song, I go, oh, okay, I, I hear what he's like, and then the second song is completely different, and then it's different again, and it's like, so I don't even know, I, I decided a while ago, I'm not, I don't care about genres, I'm not genreing anyone, so I'm not going to say, but it's just, yeah, it's very... Very varied. I mean, if I were going to pick a genre, which I just said I wouldn't do, it could be power pop. Some of it's prog. Some of it's like modern Rocky and just, all, yeah, there's all sorts of shit going on. It's really good. Yeah, thank you. That, that's by design. So I'm glad uh, it didn't detract from the experience. Right, 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 right. But, but I'm sure. It could, in, it could be alienating, you know. Well, it could. And I'm sure in a way it's not because if you're, if you're one thing and then people like that one thing, they may gravitate you. But if you're, you know, this is something that takes. A little more work on the listener's part yeah. to get it, to get into, but then it's usually worth it. But yeah, you know, whatever. I'm not telling you how, how to run your life. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I just don't know that we still live in a world where people want to put in that work. But no, <laughs> we know? absolutely don't. That's the sad. I mean, I feel bad every every time I have uh, musicians on, especially younger uh, younger people as yourself. I feel bad in a way because. <laughs> I just don't know how you get through all the clutter and everything, you know? And it's great. And I'll listen, especially this, I'll listen to, man, this is great. I can think of, so I'm going to, hopefully this will, this will turn a lot of people onto a DA Stern and check it out and I'll do my part, but still, it's just so hard to get, uh, you know, noticed. How do you get noticed? I I don't know. And thank you for lumping me in with younger artists. I appreciate that. Oh yeah. Well, to me, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's not that high a bar when you're comparing yourself to me. (laughs) All right. But, uh, David, so you picked, I I said, Dave, actually we should mention, uh, you, uh, we have a mutual friend, uh, Nick Mencia, who's been on the show a couple of times, right? And Danny Kokomo. Yep. Nick and Danny, they did the Warren Zevon show and then, yeah, David got in touch with me and, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I said, yeah, just pick a record. And you gave me, I think you gave me a choice at first, Right. I gave you a couple. Yeah. yeah. Some of them were like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and not, that, I think, didn't you say Bruce Springsteen born in the USA? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a hard no because just because it's so, I mean, what else is there to say about that record? I mean, I don't know. I, I figured this one would have been talked about 
a lot as well. I don't think uh, so. And it's funny. Well, uh, we'll get into it. You tell uh, tell everyone what we're talking about. And I had, which happens a lot of time. I have an initial feeling about a record, and it, and and it wasn't good at first. <laughs> uh, about this record. About this record. Oh, just I can't far, wait to talk about just that. Just as far as doing it, I'm thinking, oh fuck, why did you pick this one? And wow. I was kind of bummed. And then I, of course, as happens a lot of time, I listen to it, and then it sort of makes more sense. And then I realize, oh, I was I was uh, judging it. Uh, wrong, and uh, I realize that. All right, but well, what are we talking? Well, about? you're What's entitled it? to your opinion. We are talking about <laughs> Volume One by the Traveling Wilburys. Right. So this. So um, all right. So Traveling Wilburys. Obviously, people know this is a super group, basically, but like a, a, a real super group. Oh yeah. Because the super group. Yeah, yeah. I, and uh, so you got George Harrison, you got uh, Jeff Lynne. So I guess how did it start out? Like originally, George Harrison was working on his uh, on his record. Uh, Cloud Nine. Right, Cloud Nine. Yeah. Back then, long time ago, when grass was like one more song right or a, a b-side where they can record they needed a b-side okay and he delivered handle with care to the record company right and then they immediately said this is this is too good to be a big just a b-side right and i and, and and jeff lynn had been recording cloud nine right right and right. so i think it's hard to tell with these guys how much is you know building the legend and how much is true but right right According to the lore, he was kicking around the idea of putting together a band like this. Right. And then when it came time to, you know, record Handle with Care, his guitar is at Petty's house. They used Dylan's studio. Jeff right. Was our, right. Using, you know, so, right. So that's the legend. Yeah. You know. Which, but you know what? And that was my first, my first thing was like, ah, oh, this is all kind of bullshit. It's kind of like a, a gimmick. At first I was thinking, oh, it's, it's kind of like a gimmick. And they probably just had session people, all these session people play. And maybe they each just sang songs. But then in really, in reading about it, and there's a documentary on it and stuff. Oh, yeah. Aside from anything else, some of it, uh, you know, some of the lore may be true, some it's not. But you could tell these guys all had a really great time playing together and they all became like friends. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So that that shines through, I think, in the, in, in the music and the songs. And, um, and, you know, I'm sure at some point, some of them, like, especially like Jeff Lynne and Tom Petty are thinking, fucking, we got George Harrison is playing. <laughs> It's with us and, yeah, it's uh, and Bob Dylan. I, right. I read something. It, it's sort of like there was a, a hierarchy. You know, it went, oh, up, it went up the ladder yes. where it's like George Harrison said to Bob Dylan, you know, we're going to treat you the same as everybody else. And that's a Beatle saying that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then, and then so Bob Dylan has that. And then all of them are in awe of Roy Orbison. Of Roy Orbison. That's right. it. Because that's uh, in a way, Roy Orbison is kind of like the uh, secret weapon on this whole thing. I feel like because because you could say and it was sometimes at first it was hard, like George Harrison and Jeff Lynn have similar voices. So sometimes I was wondering, oh, who's singing? Yeah. And also in a way, uh, Tom Petty and uh, Dylan, although you, usually you could always tell Dylan. But by this uh, era of Dylan, especially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But once in a while I was at. But the thing is, Roy Orbison comes in. It's, you know. It's him immediately, and you got to think as a songwriter. Like, could you imagine if you got to have Roy Orbison just do a bridge in a song for you? No, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It, it is. It's, it's crazy, crazy, and it brings it up to the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. So I, so the, like I said, that was my initial thing. Was just ah, it's just kind of a gimmick, and it wasn't that. And then, and then as I'm listening to the songs, which that's another thing that's hard because most of these songs we've heard already because this this was huge when yeah. they when they did this and put it out. It well, was so huge. I was curious to know if you had ever listened to the record, if you had just heard it through osmosis. I and, just heard it through osmosis. I've yeah. never owned the record, never sat down and listened to it. So there's some songs I didn't hear. Yeah. I heard you know obviously the hits, the radio hits and stuff. Right. And and the song, the um the Roy Orbison song, Not Alone. Not Alone, yeah. That's like one of my favorite. I, it's you stunning. Know, it, it, it is. It's just so. And, and that's the thing. Jeff Lynn bothers me in a way because he's so, I feel like he does this shit in his sleep sometimes. He's like, he could write a pop song. He could do this and he could, he could produce and make something sound good. And it's almost effortless. And that's why sometimes it could sound like too perfect and too much of a sheen. But yeah, at, there's uh, definitely like a sterility to it. There, there can be. But at the end of the day, we had a Jeff uh, Greenstein on and he brought uh, ELO and he did a greatest hits one. And his uh -huh. thing was, well, ELO is more like a singles band. Right. Mr. Blue Sky, please tell us why you had to hide away for so long. And it was great. And it really made me appreciate 
more like, well, that's not easy to do. Like, you could have someone that could write these slick songs and everything, but to write bona fide pop hit songs that are that you know that's that stand the test of time and stick with people that's not easy no not at all and you know you had brought up before the the idea of sort of being a detractor from this record yes and which is something i definitely want to talk about i don't know if now is the appropriate time yeah yeah let's do it only because over the past few weeks or or a couple of months i've met a lot of people who hate this record i really i was wondering that i was wondering that and it's the concept of hating this album is so foreign to me that it's been quite a shock <laughs> and all of them are all of them are younger than i am and i do wonder oh, really? yeah and i wonder if that's sort of like you know i grew up with this album and we can get to why i picked it in a second but i you know i grew up with this album and maybe i'm in the, the sweet spot age-wise for this record right but i and i don't know if people don't like the songwriting which is obviously something i'd love to talk about or if it's the production you know it sounds there's something sort of not human about the way Jeff Lynne produces. Everything is sort yes. of quantized. Yes. And when he records <laughs> exactly. a drum set, he records the snare and then the kick and then everything separate. And I wonder if that plays into, you know, at least the people I talk to not liking the record. It could. I'm actually, I'm kind of surprised you're saying younger people because w- I'm thinking like the older listeners or listeners my age, I could I could think, I bet there are some that just don't like it because they just think it's too uh, commercial. And when it came out, it was, you know, like my initial thoughts on it was that it's, oh, it's just like this commercial ear candy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and these guys kind of just all getting together as a goof, which maybe, uh, you know, maybe it was a goof, but really, as we go through the songs, I think it really shows that they were, they were really having fun uh, working together and writing together too. You, you, yeah, you know. totally. Yeah. And I think at least for me, that's sort of the charm of it is that these guys are obviously five legends in their own right. Right. Sort of making this very casual front porch music together. It, it, I mean... Not to age them, and at the time that they actually aren't weren't as old as we think of them now. Well, but. that's the funny thing. There's like this meme going around oh, yeah, about saw, yeah. them. Yeah, like you, everyone thought they were old. It's like Tom Petty's like 37, right? Yes, like that they're. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Orbison was the oldest, and he was, was only like 51 or yeah, something. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. And uh, we didn't mention the one thing, um, sad thing, that Roy Orbison died of a heart attack uh, two months after this album was right. released. Yeah. yeah, but you know how great that they all got together and did this. Um, yeah, the, the other corny thing uh, that they gave them all names, <laughs> Nelson <laughs> Wilbury was George Harrison, Otis Wilbury, Jeff Lynn, Charlie T. Wilbury Jr., Tom Petty, Lefty Wilbury <laughs> was Roy Orbison. Yeah, right. <laughs> lucky, Bob Dylan was lucky, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I love they the, have... The uh, Sideberries. Uh, Jim Keltner, yeah, Jim Keltner, the drum, who's all over it and a great drummer, which is great. Uh, and you also have Ray Cooper doing uh, percussion, percussion on it. Yeah. So that was the other thing uh, that I appreciated was that they, these guys were, were playing on it and they didn't they didn't get just like tons of session people to play on it. I don't right. think so. I mean, I'm sure there is some sweetening and everything, but when you get down to it and listen to it, there's not a lot. They, they didn't throw a whole bunch of shit on a lot of these No, songs. they really didn't. There's, you know, there's a couple of synthesizer parts, but also, you know, Tom Petty, George Harrison, and even Jeff Lynn are fully capable lead guitarists. That's it. And the yeah. other guys can all strum away. Yes. So, and I think Petty, you know, in the, in the videos, he, he's holding a bass. I don't know that he actually played bass on anything. Right, right, right. It could have been Harrison and Lynn, who knows? But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love that Keltner's on it too, but sometimes it begs the question, if you're going to record the drums all separate anyway, why have Jim Keltner play? I, mean, I don't know. Well, he did that thing in the kitchen, in Bob Dylan's kitchen. Oh, that's right. Playing. Yeah. The, the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. But let's get in. Let's start listening to it. And then I, I definitely, what you were just talking about, I have something to say about the first song, but this was the, uh, the first single. And I guess the whole reason they did it in the first place. Uh, let's listen to Handle With Care. Up and battered around, been sent up and I've been shot down. You're the best thing that I've ever found. Handle me with care. Reputations changeable, situations terrible. Show them. 
Yeah, so that that part I was, I was talking about the pre-chorus with Roy Orbison when he comes in. Yeah, it's soaring. It, it is, and you can just picture the the record guys, the record executives, like hearing that, and then when he comes in, they're looking like dollar signs coming in there. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but all right. So the one thing I was talking about, did you read about any about Mike Campbell? How originally, they they were going to have him play the slide in this that slide part. No, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, I found something really cool. Uh, supposedly the Heartbreakers, uh, Mike Campbell was originally asked to play guitar and he was messing around with the slide and he see, and George Harrison was in the room <laughs> and he just finally, he said, you know, I think George Harrison is right here. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Why don't you have him do it? And it's great. And George Harrison does slide stuff throughout the record and, and it's great. And you could, you could kind of tell that it's him doing it. And, yeah, absolutely. yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love that. I think that's so funny. Like, uh, all right, I could try something, but you have, you do have George Harrison, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What's the point? Yeah. So here's the thing I wanted to ask you. So this came, so this came out, what is it? 88? This came out in 88. All right. So how old are you? And are are you, uh, did you get this like in real time? It came out, you heard it on the radio or how did you get uh, introduced? Well, when this came out, I was three. So. Oh, geez. All right. See, you are young. You were making out like, oh, I'm not that young. (laughs) Well, I mean, for a person releasing music, I feel, I feel old. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I was. Never mind that. I'm 30. I was born in 85. Um, so this this is one of those albums that I don't remember not knowing. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, right. just, my, my dad had only a handful of CDs in the house or tapes. It was like this and Thriller. Oh, okay. And that's all I remember. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So this is just one of those. It was just always been a part of my life. You grew up with this record. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But did you ever did you ever have a point like you started playing music and everything? So did you ever ever have a point where you sort of revisited it and dove into it and like sort of paid more attention to it? Man, it's hard to say. You know, it's not it just doesn't feel like an album that has ever left. Oh, okay. And maybe right. I I grew to appreciate it in new ways, but it was never something I left and then came back to. Right. You know, but but it is like one of those things where it's like it was Child's, it was kids' music for me. And then it was, oh, well, I know who the Beatles are, and this guy was in it. And then I remember hearing Tom Petty for the first time on a visit to California, actually. And it's, oh, he's in the Wilburys. That's so, that uh, Traveling Wilburys guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was just like, it kept growing for me. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So you got you totally came at it from the opposite way where the older people, where they know all these guys already, these famous people. And they're like, oh, wow, shit, they're all playing together? Right. This, <laughs> this is the movie thing. equivalent for young Jews of seeing Spaceballs before Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. I like that. That's yeah. Wow, that's a really deep uh, <laughs> metaphor. I like it. <laughs> Few people will truly understand that. But, well, yeah. I understood it. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Dirty World. So they they really they really did a good job of dividing things up, and everyone's gets their own little part to shine. And Dirty World, definitely Dylan. It's a Bob Dylan thing. This is like the lecherous sounding Bob Dylan, you know, a little right. bit. Um, yeah, but we'll talk about it. Let's listen to a little bit of Dirty World. Awesome. <laughs> He loves your sexy body He loves your dirty mind He loves when you hold him Grab him from behind Oh, baby You're such a pretty thing I can't wait to introduce you to The other members of my gang You don't need no wax job You're smooth enough for me If you need your own I'll do it for you free Oh baby The pleasure be your mind If you let me drive your pickup truck In pocket where the sun don't shine So you, so you come up with this record. You didn't know you're younger. You didn't, you didn't know Bob Dylan probably, right? No, I had no idea. Who oh, was. okay, yeah. okay. It was just that raspy. Who's this guy singing? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, so actually, I mean, we'll get to it later. But the song that 
was played over and over that I wanted to hear was Tweeter and the Monkey Man. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> that was the one. I think because I was a kid and it was a story. Yes. You know, even though it was a sort of depraved story, I maybe didn't oh, okay. understand. That makes sense. At the time. And and yeah, the Clibbert, I'm going to play uh, in the, uh, a little bit of the outro of the song because I guess um, George Harrison gave, supposedly the story is he gave everyone magazines, right? Right. And just to throw out little lyrics of the thing. And, and, and it's cool. I mean, whether it's that's true or not, it sounds like it is because there's some of the shit they're saying is very off the cuff. Like but red bell peppers? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but then Orbison always got trembling wheelbarrows. Yes, that's right, that's right, right yeah. But uh, it's just fun. Like I said, there's another thing where you could you could tell these guys were really having fun doing this. Yeah. Which is great. I don't know. You know, I wonder... It's weird because you got to figure these guys have egos. They got to have big egos, but it must have been something because it's special. Because I'm sure there's there's a lot of people where they would try and do that and it would not go like that. Yeah, know? or maybe they try to outright each other. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. But I guess yeah, I guess I, I remember especially I I read um, that uh, Tom Petty was saying that he sort of uh, you know at at that at that time he was a song obviously he wrote a lot of great songs but he learned about a lot about songwriting from uh, Dylan just watching how Dylan played with his songs and wouldn't just, you know, be happy with something, would keep working on it and stuff. And he learned a lot from it, right, which is yeah. really cool, you know, Yeah, to read something like that. The master. The, the, yeah, kind of the master. All right, so they th- throw a bone to Jeff Lynn, or I guess just to fill things out. Jeff Lynn throws out this, like, rockabilly, like, faux rockabilly song. Like Again, like I said, it's a good song, but it's something I feel like he could literally do in his sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a good song, nonetheless. Listen to a little bit of Rattle. But like I said, it just feels like something that he could literally do in his sleep. Right. You know? And uh, it, it does seem like there's like two different types of songs on this record. There's like those. Yes. And and uh, and the one we just heard. Right. Right. And right, then right. there's the sort of handle with care heading for the light sort of more even not alone. The, the other Jeff Lynn. Right. Like primary primarily Jeff Lynn contribution, which is it's like a written beautiful song that they they probably came in with and maybe the other guys workshop versus this where it's like oh let's do a song like this yeah a rock billy thing yeah, yeah exactly yeah, just easy. like you know simple and easy and there is but i mean that kind of makes sense you can't expect the, the whole album to be like those you know those yeah, songs of course. Those yeah. stunning songs so it's not like uh yeah it's not like anything's uh there's garbage on it or anything no not at all all right so last night we got uh, petty we got tom petty and this is what we said at the beginning you got jim keltner doing the uh, little percussive stuff this is uh, this is funny i i feel like this is kind of classic petty where the lyrics are kind of kind of goofy in a way and kind of simple, but you could tell he's doing it on purpose, you know? Yeah, totally. To get that vibe. And, and it's good. It's a fun song. Let's just do a little bit of last. <laughs> she was there at the bar. She heard my guitar. She was long and tall. She was the queen of them all
Yeah, it's cool. That's a fun song. And and what I also appreciate about all these songs is you could hear when they're doing backups. A lot of times, you, and it's fun to kind of uh, to kind of pick out who's singing. You know, which part. Yeah, totally. You're going to hear them. Yeah, but that's great. Um, so you're, I'm assuming you're a fan of all these people individually. Oh right? yeah, yeah, B- yeah, big, big, yeah, big okay. fans. How would you not be really? There's How would you no... not be? Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like a, a fun thing to think about with this album too. Is all these guys that you may or may not love, but also where they are at in their career and. Right, you know, right, what, right. What this That's represents true. to them is is so interesting to me. Oh, it is, especially Roy Orbison, because this was a big because he ended up doing his um, uh, at the time is out. You know, he died two months later, but he was already he had already done that solo album, which is uh, which was kind of like a comeback for him. Mystery and, Girl. Every time I look into your loving eyes, I see love that money just. But I think that came out after he passed away. It did. Right? It came out after, but he was. Yeah. But it's like he did have a resurgence. And here, I'm glad we're talking about him because we're up to the song now, not alone anymore. Yeah. Which, yeah, stunning. Like this is the to me the showstopper of the record. Hundred percent. And when you think about him, all right. So he was the oldest guy, but he was only in his early fifties, about fifty-two. That he still had a voice like this. I know. It's crazy, right? Because yeah, most crazy. people they they lose it after a while and they got to sing, you know, the different. But yeah, it's just like you listen to it and you get goosebumps. And you know, Jeff Lynn, you got to think he wrote this song with, with Roy Orbison's voice in mind. And and I guess, did you read actually that they weren't they weren't happy with this song at all? None of them yeah, liked it? Yeah, he redid the chords for it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They kept Roy Orbison's vocals and he totally redid that. It's like, how do you do that? And, and I, w- I would like kind of like want to hear what the original I know, I'm so was. curious, right? But he yeah. obviously, whatever he did was great and made it, made it great. But yeah, he totally, uh, which he's, you got to give uh, Jeff Lynn so much credit. He's just like oh, 100%. musical genius. I, I think if anything, though, that, that sort of does take away a little bit from the mythology of it. These five guys making this record That's was like, true. <laughs> no, they like played the guitar and sang on it. And then Jeff and George took it to London and then like did everything underneath that. And the thing is, Jeff could do anything played on this. He could have done, he could have done by himself. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it wouldn't be the same. If it was all him, it would have been a Jeff Lynn solo and it wouldn't have quite the same charm. That I don't even know if I would have heard it if it were just a, no, a Jeff Lynn solo record. Right. All right, but let's listen to the stunner, Not Alone Anymore. Crazy! All the the chords and the music work so perfectly. It's almost I just can't even think of how how was it different. Like, what did he have to change? You right in the Shala Lala's. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a right. Roy Orbison song. <laughs> it is, it is. It's beautiful, and and I'll play a little bit underneath because the end of it. Oh when my God! He goes big. When he goes big at the end, and he and he pushes it, you get goosebumps. You can't help it. You it's can't goosebumps. help it. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's really it, it's, it's amazing. It's All right, so we flipped. The, so you, I'm so your dad. You said CD. This was CDs already. I know we had this on tape because I remember listening to this in the <laughs> okay. car. I don't know when we got the CD, <laughs> oh, right, but I know right. we had this on tape. All right. So you flipped the tape over. This is side two. We yeah. got the Bob uh, uh, Dylan again. Congratulations. Well, this is a really this is a really fun Dylan song. And I really like, uh, you know, Dylan. I love the song, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's great. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. I got something to say about uh, <laughs> Dylan. Just <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do a little bit of congratulations. Congratulations for breaking my heart. Congratulations. 
Congratulations You finally did succeed Congratulations For leaving me in need This morning I looked out my window And found a bluebird singing But there was no one around At night I lay alone in my bed With an image of Yeah, this is great. It's a great Dylan song, but I don't, I can't imagine, I can't picture what Dylan album it would be on. So I think it just, it just really works on this record. It does, yeah. And I, this is another one of the songs. It sounds like I'm being critical of this album that I truly love, but you know, it's like, what's the first? Congratulations for breaking my heart. Congratulations for tearing it all apart. Right? It's almost like middle school poetry. Oh yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I I think whenever he does stuff like that, I think it's by design. By you design, know? yeah. I, I think it is because he can. You know, that's one of the things that I really love about it because it's kind of charm. It makes it all kind of charming. It's charming, you know? and it's also it's. <laughs> I mean, again, it sounds like I'm being critical, but this is something I like about it is how it's casual. And it's he's not trying, and it's still great in in a sense. And one thing I love, which which I feel like he he leaned into more as he got older, it's Dylan doing Dylan, right, right. Because did you, did you ever see? It's great. There's videos of the outtakes of We Are the World. You remember the We Are the World? Oh thing? yeah. And Dylan had a part in there, and Dylan was having a really hard time doing his little part. It was just making like, and <laughs> have, have you ever seen the video? Oh yeah, of course. But I mean, the video, like okay. the outtakes of that, eh, of, maybe not. Because Stevie, it's 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 great. You got to find it. It's on YouTube. Stevie Wonder's on the piano, and he's helping him because he's he's trying to get like how I don't know how to sing it, what to do. And Stevie's doing a Dylan impression, going, "Just making Stevie's telling him how to sing it like Dylan." And oh my it's, god, it's, it's beautiful. It's magnificent. It's so great. I love it. <laughs> These are like the the moments when Dylan is humanized. Yes, like, right. Like exactly. there's this one moment in the documentary for Wilburys where he's in the vocal booth and he's like, "How is that?" And they're, yeah. like, they're like, "They're like, they're like, it's pretty good, Bob." He goes, "Okay." Yeah, like, right. It's just like, wow, he's That's a man great. after all. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's great. All right. So now we get another. Yeah, the the Harrison Lynn one. This one, heading for the light, is is another like. This is my of, favorite one on the record. Oh yeah, it's a really pretty. And this is the one song that I was kind of surprised by because I didn't remember a lot of these like I'd heard before. But this one, I don't know if I had before. But I'm like, wow, this is a fucking great song. It's the you most know? like spiritual George one on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what and and he, you know, sometimes I feel, I don't know. I don't think other people do this, but I feel like I take George Harrison for granted that how much great music he made after the Beatles. You oh know? yeah, big time. Right? Uh, because they say, oh, he was the Beatle. He was the, you know, the uh, the third guy out of there was George, Paul, and then George. They they let him. I mean, uh, Paul and uh, and John and John, and they yeah. let you know George do some songs. But yeah, sometimes I I forget like how fucking how much great music he did and how how great he was. And even on his song. records, people don't like. There's always something worth listening to on. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this. Uh, yeah. This is a real special one. Let's listen to "Heading for the Lake." <laughs> a really good song and he was I guess George Harrison was 45 at this he's only 45 <laughs> years old and uh, yeah it's great 45 yeah yeah <laughs> right <laughs> 
<laughs> in my memory, he was like 70 already. Uh, right. Yeah. The old. Yeah, of course. Me too. And it's like, I wish I would kill to be 45 again. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like Roy Orbison was born old. I think. Yeah. You know, there's like that one photo of him on a go-kart. Yeah. And it's like, this does not make any sense. Right. <laughs> For sure. All right. So now we get another Petty One. Margarita, this is the weirdest song on the record, right? Synth heavy. Uh, Dylan, yeah. Dylan Petty, it's got this like long intro, yeah. which is weird. I'm, I'm like, especially because I'm I'm totally new to this, uh, some of these songs. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, what is this? What's going on here? But yeah. then Dylan, he's got Dylan come in and, uh, and it, it's almost like... Uh, like it's two different songs you know? yeah, It's right. got the intro and that But we'll listen The intro I love the uh, sort of uh, Scatty section Oh yeah yeah I right I love that Yeah I don't think I get up to it in the clip But I'll play some of it after Yeah Because cool. it is It's really good Let's listen to Margarita <laughs> Yeah, I have no proof of this, but I'm thinking that this is mainly, you know, mainly uh, Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne. And Tom Petty could have sang that, but he's thinking, I'm going to have Bob, you know, Bob, uh, can you sing this part? Yeah. The other, <laughs> the other thing I read about was that everyone sang every song. Like George made everyone sing every song. Oh, and, then and then they, they okay. decided. Oh, that's cool. That's who, cool. Whose voice suited it all best. <laughs> right. Also, it, it, it's why... I think sometimes certain songs sound like they're written by someone other than who's singing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is good too. Which is cool. Which yeah. Is just, uh, yeah. It, it just adds adds to the charm of the. Well, like I said, I, I was I was turned around because I really was. The first couple of days, I'm like I was I was not happy with doing this record. <laughs> But it really does seem like everyone cared so much about the record and cared so little about it at the, in, a, in the sense of like who was doing what. And, I mean, they were all so massive already and, right, and right, legendary. Right, right. I think they, they just didn't, I don't know. I think it, it, they, were, they were being unselfish. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I find that sort of heartwarming. You it, know? Yeah, no, it really is. And it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of unbelievable when you think about what it could be. You know, you could pick you could pick five other people, five other egos, and it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't go this way at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at even, you have like a, like Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, oh. even Deja Vu. I mean, they all did their own things, basically, on the record. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot. They did some playing together collaboration, but, they're you know, Neil's songs were Neil's songs. Yeah, right. Know. And that's the other thing is like the Wilburys are just like... When I remember uh, reading about how when Roy Orbison died and they're making the second record, they're like, "Should we have him replaced? Should it be like Roger McGuinn or you know?" Fans had their theories. Oh, you know, okay. Should I it be Elvis Costello or Bruce Springsteen or whatever? And uh, I like they were like, "Well, you know, we started this thing just because we wanted to hang out with each other." Exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. think CSNY specifically never wanted to hang no, out with no, each other. No, no, they didn't have <laughs> Yeah, these guys really liked hanging out with each yeah, other. Exactly. I heard especially they loved like Roy Orbison stories, like you tell about. Um, like Elvis uh, and yeah, like, like his Sun <laughs> Records and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. So here we go. Here's your song, Tweeter and the Monkey Man. Here we this go. song fascinates me. I we, was reading. I, I, I knew we'd end up talking about Springsteen in some respect. Yes. So we will. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. Oh, yeah. But uh, let's listen to it. Then we'll talk about it. Tweeter and the Monkey Man. <laughs> Hopped into a stolen car, took Highway 99. And the walls came 
got married at 14 to a racketeer named Bill. She made secret calls to the monkey man from a mansion on the hill. Okay, so let me ask you, do you think this is like kind of a either a tribute or a parody, almost like a parody of a Springsteen song? So this is what I, I think about this on a weekly basis. <laughs> it keeps me up at night. I don't know. And, I, you know, I always think of Bob Dylan as like, you know, he's like he's like the Michael Jordan of music. He's arguably the greatest ever. And he's psychotically competitive. Yes. You, oh, okay. like you've seen okay. that, like right, right. the video of him accepting like a, an award. It's like a charity award. And he just uses a 30 minute speech when he's receiving an award just to like go after critics. And oh, then, right. And right. Drag yes, under. That's right. He's like, he's like, you say I sing like a frog. You never said that about Tom Waits. You said my voice is shy. You never said that about Leonard Cohen. You say I talk through my lyrics. Know, Bob, just, to, yeah. just to say, be gracious. Right. Exactly. So it's like, he's so competitive. It's like, I, I have heard Bruce Springsteen talk about uh, Bob Dylan, like they're friends and they hung out and then there's so much I learned from him. Right. And so it, but it's so hard to tell whether this is like, Oh, there's this new kid coming up, and he's. They say he's the second me. Let me like show him how it's done. Like well, I, I yeah. don't know if it's like a like a competitive thing or if it's or if it's tongue in cheek homage. Like I have no idea, and it's so fascinating to me. It, it is because it's funny. There's so many layers to it, meta layers. Because Springsteen, basically early Springsteen, was a Dylan was a huge Dylan fan. Right. Like Blinded by the Life and shit. That was Dylan. That was Springsteen doing Dylan. Yeah. Madman drummers, bombers, and Indians in the summer with a teenage diplomat. In the dumps with the mumps as the adolescent pumps his way into his hat. So it's like, Dylan's not an idiot. You know, he knows what's going on. So I think this, in a way, is Dylan doing Springsteen. I've got Tweeter and the Monkey Man, and I'm doing, like, again, something he could do because obviously words are his thing and yeah. he could do it but yeah I just I, I just especially uh, once I read something about it I couldn't not think about that yeah you know, and, think about and, it. and let's just clarify for the listeners who aren't familiar there are so many lyrics of this song Tweeter and the Monkey Man that are just straight Bruce Springsteen song titles oh okay like, right, like right, Thunder right. Road Stolen Car Mansion on the Hill yeah 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 State <laughs> Trooper it's set in New Jersey it's in Rahway you know right it's bananas it's just like totally totally bananas to me it is bananas and and I almost think I, I can't I'm, I'm thinking I wonder if Petty like fed him some of the because he was writing a lot of lyrics with Petty in this right if Petty fed him because I, I would think Dylan would even know the Bruce Springsteen songs just because yeah especially you know? not like Lion's Den is a, is, a, is an outtake from like oh, right. 1982 okay. yeah, no, like, there's no I was not like Dylan's not listening to deep outtakes dives yeah. on, uh, on Springsteen I no. wouldn't think so I wouldn't think so but uh, <laughs> Petty might so yeah, maybe Petty, Petty baby yeah, yeah yeah but it is it's fascinating it's so fascinating it is and, and at the end of the day it's, it is like you said it, it's like a story and it tells you but it's like it's so funny you can't uh, obviously it's not 100% serious and it's uh, the tongue's in the cheek a little but you know I, yeah. I don't know I would love to hear did you ever read anything what Springsteen thinks no I've, I've searched and I've searched and I've searched I've never found anything right and uh, if I ever meet him and I am okay. able to speak I will ask him about, about it me, yeah. same I'll do the same <laughs> please <laughs> It's the only only song Orbison is not a part of in any way. Also, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. He wouldn't, I, he wouldn't have anything to do with yeah, this exactly. <laughs> but he does. Uh, it's, the last... it's all gravel. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It, yeah, it really is. It really is. But he comes in. He does come in on the last one, which is a really nice ending to the record. Um, and the line, uh, it, it's a nice coda. It's cheerily. This is George Harrison's wheelhouse. But but I, I I like how every member has a turn in this. Uh, you know, Harrison takes the first verse, then you got Jeff Lynne, and and then um, Tom Petty gets, I guess, the chorus. Mm-hmm. It it's fun to to hear them doing that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's it, it's a really nice song. It's a great ending to the record. Just a little bit of end of the line. Well, it's all right Riding around in the breeze Well, it's all right If you live the life you please Well, it's all right Doing the best you can Well, it's all right As long as you lend a hand You can sit around and wait For the phone to ring Waiting for someone to tell you everything Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring Maybe a damn rain 
really great song. It's a real toe tapper. <laughs> it is toe tapper. <laughs> and this is another one. I guess, you know, it's funny in a way you said this is something that you've always, you know, some records you just feel like you've always known they've always been with you. Yeah. And this this isn't that for me, although, but still it is. Like, like when this came on, it's like, oh yeah, this fucking song. I know this song, you know? Yeah. Well, this is one of the, I feel like Judd Apatow has been using this one in all his oh, trailers okay, recently, okay. too. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which also might be a contributing factor to why people don't like it. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just, I don't know. Sometimes people just, uh, you know, like me, they get uh, stubborn about things and they go, uh, fuck that. You know, yeah. but, but for I th- no reason. I think, it's that, I think it's also like maybe, maybe someone loves Tom Petty and this isn't the Petty they know or they love. Dylan and this isn't the Dylan they love. Oh and, yeah, maybe. You know, right, right, right. But, but again, like contextually, like all their careers were in the toilet when this record came out. Oh and right, it, right. And it right, revived right. you know, like Dylan is the only person in this group that Jeff Lynn was not producing at the time. Oh, okay, okay. And, and it's just like he for Petty, Harrison, and Orbison, he just this album just lifted them all from the you know, from the sewer basically. It did. It did. It, and it was genius. It was genius idea, but I feel like it's uh, you could be cynical about it, which I guess I was on uh, initially. I was being cynical, yeah. but then at the end of the day, then no, why be cynical about it? These guys all got together. They're, they're like legends, like you said, yeah. and sort of they got together and made this like really album that was like really popular. You know, everyone listened to, it, and the songs are great. They're great songs. They're great they're songs. Fun. Yeah, it's yeah, also just are. it's it really, but it's fun to just like have it. You know, it's in the sort of it's like an appendix to like these other records. Right, you know, right, just right. Like, yeah, no, and it did. And actually, I'll be honest, this listening to this made me want to go back to George Harrison and listen to mm-hmm. All Things Must Pass, which I haven't listened to in a long time oh, and things like great. that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and because and you, you kind of forget. Like I said, you kind of take them for uh, granted sometimes, you know? Yeah. Uh, because he was, yeah, sometimes you forget. Like, I'm, I, I just imagine these guys sitting together, it's like, holy shit, we're, we're playing with George Harrison, you know? Yeah, especially I mean, for a 37-year-old Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, more. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's great. So yeah, so I accept that you brought this record in. I think it was a good job. I'm glad I changed at least one person's mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll see. I'm sure I'll get some people that will roll their eyes at it, but whatever. I'll know. come back. I'll do volume three. <laughs> <laughs> was there, uh, wait, so this was volume one. Was there? Was the next one volume three? Yeah. Oh, that, that's kind of funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, the next one's volume three and, uh, you know, pre-internet. Drove everyone crazy. Oh, really? Search, oh, okay. Searching for that lost volume, too. Ah, that was smart. See, they they were cl- at the end of the day, they they all had a sense of humor about yeah, this. Exactly. And I think they didn't take it seriously, which is part of the what makes it really good. 100%. Yep. Um, all right. So D.A. Stern, uh, like I said, latest release. Don't take your heartache, uh, your heartache out to the world. Really, I mean. It's a mouthful, I know. It, it, it's a mouthful, but man, this record is is so good, and there's so much going. So, how many people are involved in this? Like, uh, as far as playing on it? Oh my god! I mean, there, there's quite a revolving door. Of, okay. Quite a okay. cast of characters, but it, at the end of the day, it was me and my co-producer, mostly in the studio, and then there's something we couldn't do or wanted someone else to do. We would bring them in. Yeah, there's some crazy uh, guitar work on here, like like really crazy, amazing guitar oh, stuff yeah. that sort of comes out of left field. And uh, yeah, the um, just the playing and the singing on it, but just uh, it's so different and varied. But the songs are great, and yeah, I, I definitely recommend you can go to um, uh, the Bandcamp is is it dastern.bandcamp.com? Dastern or Dastern Music? Right. Okay. I Bandcamp. Don't I don't know. Sorry. But you could sample it all on. It's all on Spotify. Although yeah. I, I don't like sending people to Spotify, but whatever. Because uh, the older stuff's really good. I had. I was telling David it's funny before. I have a fan. Uh, I have a, a listener, a patron in England, and uh, and he saw because I preview who I'm having on that uh, that I was doing this with D.A. Stern. He goes, "Oh, I'm looking forward to that. This album's really good." And I'm like, "Oh wow, uh, someone's heard of this guy." <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> but it was a, it was nice. To see. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, David, and and he came over in person because he lives uh, he lives close just by. a stone's throw. There you go. So I, I got to start doing more. Of that. Uh, don't forget, everyone, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high on on uh, X. It's at TRGMH podcast. You can email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com. Most importantly, if you want to become a patron of the show, which I would really appreciate, go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh. Become a patron, whatever. Become one, don't become one. Become one. Yeah, why not? But I'm doing this every every week. Regardless. David, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. All right, everyone. I'm Rob Elbow. We'll see you all next week.